just have our seats, please. We need to come back to praise and worship in a minute. <laughs> Bless God. I find it hard to sit down when God's giving me a word. I feel that if I'm sat down, um, this washing something in me. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't help it. <laughs> not because I want to lord it over anybody. It's not that. It is just a something that's, that I just struggle to sit down when God has given me something by His Spirit. Yeah, I feel like oh, I need to. I need to stretch. Anyway, God is good. And we recognise it even more so when the battles are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when we recognise that our God is so good. Yeah, yeah. When the battle's hard, when the way is hard, yeah. when there's nowhere else to go. But to call on the name of Jesus, boy, you either got to know he's good or he's not. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. 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 That's the time you know it. Yeah. Not, not when everything in the garden is rosy. No. Not when it's an okay day. What do I keep saying last week when the washing's drying yeah. on the line and the sun's shining? <laughs> Which probably didn't mean a thing to most people, but I knew what I meant. <laughs> when, yeah, it's a good day and the washing, well, it's not a good day today because it's raining. <laughs> but God is good. God is so faithful. And in the battles of life, we see him moving. And, and we've, we've had some pretty big family situations this week. Please think of my brother-in-law, who's a very, very sick man. And um, had to actually get taken into hospital um, on, I can't remember what night, because there's been so many nights where there's been some situations going on in our family. But the battle's been raging. But I want to tell you, God has stepped in and God has turned around. He even sent, and I believe they were angels, to help my sister and, and, and to be in a situation. And there's not very many times that this happens in people's lives, but a consultant came to the house. And God just turned things around and, and, and he's now in hospital and, and um, lots of things are needing to be sorted out. But do you know what? I even see in the crisis how sometimes in our lives God brings us to crisis point. Yeah? And when you get to the crisis point, you're going to see God move. And there's been some crisis for you, Claire, but you have seen God move. Again and again, you've seen him move. Yeah? Well, there you go. And you've seen him move. When there's quite, you see... You don't know God's God until you're in a crisis. You can read about him. You can hear the testimonies of others. Yeah? But until you are faced up against it, and all of us, we don't know God is God. Not really. Because we can't live off one another's testimony. Can we? And sometimes when we're in a tough place, and somebody else has a testimony, we think, well, it's all right for them, but what about me? Don't tell me you've never thought that. Because you're a liar, if you have. <laughs> I try to say that ever so nicely. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? But I want to tell you that God shows up for us, even when it doesn't feel like he does. And, um, um, and he, you know, he does. So I was just blessed by some of the things that, can't find the right page. I'll put your glasses on, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> put your glasses 
I need to start at the beginning and I don't know where to start, but I need to just share with you some things. We, Daryl and I had the blessing this last weekend to go to a ladies' conference in Melian and we had a, an amazing weekend and, and um, the conference, it was Jen Baker, our lovely friend, Jen Baker, um, and she was just on another level, wasn't she, in God. And Daryl and I shared a room and we prayed together and we battled together and we shared together. And it was good news because, you know, we could just sense God. I tell you what, when you're in a battle, the place to be is in the middle of God's people. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. That's the place you need to be. Yeah. 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 Yet what do I see so many times in the life of the church? People stay home. Okay. There might be reason for that. But I want to tell you the place to be is in the middle of God's people. Because it's there that you start to see the breakthrough. It's there that God speaks and it's there that God helps you. And it's there. That, and I'm going to read some of the things in a minute where, where I'm, what I'm telling you, telling you is the truth. So anyway, um, Jen started to use a word, and she had us doing something silly, didn't she? But she started to use a word that means praise in the Hebrew called yada. Is that, anybody ever heard the word yada? Yeah. Okay, and, and she would do this. So it actually means raising your hands. Yada. Yeah? So she has to do that. Yada, yada, yada. So that's what it means in, in the word. And it's um it's a form of praise and a form of worship. And I'll just tell you what it, it does mean mean. It means to revere, to worship with extended hands, to acknowledge, to praise, to give thanks, and to lift hands. And it's used one hundred and 11 times in the Bible. I found that out when I got home. Now, what I did discover after looking at Yada, um, and Jen had spoken to us um, a bit about it, were there, uh, is the fact that there were other words used for praise. And how amazing our God is in it, because there are different Hebrew meanings to words that God uses at different times. And I felt so excited about it, because... The reason it excited my spirit is I've known times when I've praised in a particular way and seen a breakthrough. And there's been another time when I've praised in a, another way and seen a breakthrough. Yeah. And there's been a time when I've praised in a, another way and seen a breakthrough. And I thought, God, you have got different ways of us expressing our praise yeah. at different times and in different circumstances and we see the breakthrough. And I didn't understand all of that. And I got a bit more understanding as I looked up in the word. And it, and it, it just excited my spirit. So actually, yada means we lift our hands in praise. And it's used lots of times through the songs. And um, the root word, yah, means open hands. Then the next part of the word is A-H-R-R. And that's from God's name, Jehovah. I open my arms to Jehovah. And there are some times in the place of prayer, there's some times in the place of praise where we just want to raise our hands. And do you know, I thought about that and I thought, nobody ever taught me to just start 
to raise my hand in praise. Sometimes the leader of the meeting will say to us, let's raise our hand. But are there all the times that we do that involuntarily? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had to train my body to do that. No. I haven't had to say to my body, just lift your hands in praise. I've just done it. Yeah. And so have you. Yeah. Just automatically, sometimes, you know, when I've walked around, when, I, when, I, when, when I've been at home, when I've been in the house of God, I just all of a sudden, my arms are in the air. Nobody makes me do it. I just do it because actually I'm lifting my hands in praise to my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lifting my hands in praise and adoration. So we naturally raise our hands. It's interesting because if you watch a small child, hadn't it been lovely if it's been our own children or other children in the church that I've known, when all of a sudden, and, and all right, they might be copying because they see somebody else doing it, but I've seen sometimes when yeah. some children have just naturally yeah. done that. Yeah. They're lifting their hands in worship yeah. and in adoration to the King of Kings. And there's a story in Exodus 17 where the Israelites were at war and Moses, and they were at war against the Amalekites. And Moses positioned himself on the hill. Do you remember the story? Yeah? yeah? yeah. And what happened? When he raised his hands, yeah. they were winning. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? yeah. When his hands were down, the Amalekites were winning. Yeah. Remember the story? Yeah. yeah. And so he was raising his hands in worship to his God, but the battle was raging. Yeah. But he said, that battle might be going on, but I'm raising my hands to the living God. You yeah. know, sometimes do it at home. I've done it at home. Yeah. You know, um, the other night, you know, the story was said, oh, well, praise God for all your prayers for her, because God's brought her through that horrible, horrible thing. And it was horrible. But she rang in that night we put on the prayer chain, and she said, Mom, I'm not going back into hospital. But the pain was so intense, she could hardly speak to me. So I walked up and down my kitchen, with my phone to my ear, and I said, in Jesus' name, we're going to break this. In Jesus' name, we're going to see this going. And it took about what, 20 minutes, and she said, it's easing down. Now she said, we left the prayer chain to stand with me because I'm not going back. Mm. I'm not going back in because God told me that he is greater than the hospital. He is greater than all the drugs that they pump in me, and I'm going to break through. And I, walked, I saw it before my eyes. And I was in my kitchen in my house. I didn't think, I didn't remember this at the time. I hadn't done this actually when she left. But it, involuntarily, yeah. I was like this the phones were running, my hands were in the air. And, and the, it, you know, it's recognizing who our God is yeah. that He can break yeah. the chain. And if He gives yeah. you a word, it's over work. Yeah. Because your breakthrough will come, yeah. it will come. And so that's exactly what they did. They raised hands. And, and um, Moses. His gesture was a simple act, but it actually brought a victory. And there's lots of times through the word, and if you want to look it up, it's a whole study on its own in the Psalms and in other parts of the Bible, where actually that Hebrew expression, yada, is used. Yeah? And if you look it up, you'll be excited about the times when there's been battles raging, when there's been things coming against, and the people of yada. Jen Baker said it better, didn't she, with her American accent. <laughs> but I liked, I liked it. I liked it when she said it. And it intrigued me to look at it a little bit more. So there's another word that's used for praise in the Hebrew. And it's halal. H-A-L-A-L. -A -L. 
whether that's how you say it, I've got no idea, but it sounded more right, didn't it? That's another physical expression in worship. This is more dynamic, right? Halal is more dynamic. This is when we lose it a bit and we start to dance and Dave, no, well, you like that one. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen you halal. <laughs> this is what it means in the Hebrew. Yeah? This, the root word means this. This is found 160 times in the Bible. It's clamorously foolish. That's you, Dave, isn't it? <laughs> it means to boast, but not in the boastful, boast in our God. It means to shine or to rave. I mean, we've got nothing on these young, this younger generation. We can rave. Yeah. And it means, listen to this one. It means to act madly. I like this one. I thought I can fit all those. <laughs> Let me give you the example in the Bible. Halal, King David. King David, when they brought the ark into Jerusalem, yeah? Read it in 2 Samuel chapter 6. He danced before the Lord, but he just didn't do a... He was whirling and dancing and going mad. Yeah? yeah. yeah? yeah. He acted madly. He looked like he was at a rave back in the day. See, they think yeah. raves are now. They think the raves have just started. Back in the day, King David raved. Yeah? He boasted in his God. He didn't care what he looked like. He did it. He did it before all his subjects. Before all his... He was king. I mean, imagine King Charles. <laughs> he did He did it in his suit. And yeah, what, what was worse, they said that, that King David only wore a, a, a loincloth, a napkin. Yeah, so he was nearly stalkers. <laughs> Acting madly, as if he was at a rave, boasting about his God, and his wife was none too pleased. She looked on him with contempt. What? You know, what you? I mean, that would be like, what, I what the heck? Get in. Get in. And he said, I'm going to dance before my Lord. I'm going to dishonor myself for the sake of him. I'm going to be undignified. I can be even more undignified than this. Yeah? Halal. He didn't regard his position. He didn't think about um, his status. None of that was important to him. What he did was put the position of God above him. And in that moment, God wanted him to rave and show how madly in love he was with the king. You see, halal gets rid of our self-consciousness. Oh, I can't do that. No, I can't. I can't do it. It's pride when we're, when we're like that. But God says, let it go. Let it go before me. When, when you are laid, provided you've got a heart of humility. Yeah? If we're humble before our king, then there are some times that he will want us to actually dance and whirl and enjoy that rave in his presence. There's another praise word I found out. 
and it's Tuda, T-O-D-A-H. And that simply means thanksgiving or praise, but it's very often through song. Ta-da! Exactly, ta-da! It's very often through song that people will respond in praise, but it's, it's more than that, because in that word, there's a blessing of wholeness. And when I was looking this up, the story that um, that that came to mind, and the story that was it, it did refer to it in the in the book that I looked this up in, was about when Jesus healed the ten lepers, and only one came back to thank him and praise him and bless him. And it says, and I love the prayer, although others were healed. They went away healed, but only one came back in thanksgiving and adoration. And I liked what it said in the word about this, that it actually said that although nine were healed, not all of them received the blessing of wholeness. That one man that came back received far more than healing. He received a presence of the living God in his life. And it was evident to that man that his healing was far more than just I've been healed of this terrible disease. He wanted more. Yeah. And he couldn't leave without giving his thanks. And in that, he received from God a wholeness. You see, there's something about as we thank God, as we bless God, as we present ourselves before him in that act of adoration, in that act of praise, that God doesn't just say, okay, that was lovely, thank you very much for that. He says, I'm going to make you whole. Yeah. So as we bless, he comes in for the wholeness, for the something. I think I've gone. I don't have to use this. You can hear me, can't you? It's recording it. Oh, it's recording. It's oh, it's the dive on the thing. Oh, it might be the battery. Yeah. Oh, see, that was good, isn't it? Wasn't it? I think it was the battery. Shall I wait a minute or just carry on? I think it lasts too long. I haven't got any batteries, so I can't change. Oh, right. Okay, so the next one, and I'll be quick then. Shabak. Shabak is the next word. S H A B A C H. And that is to praise in a loud way. That is to give our thanks in a loud, loud way. But at the same time, can also be referenced to being something quite soothing and something quite calming. But it is to give a loud declaration. There's sometimes, what I want us to understand in our place of praise, that much of our praying is praise. Whether it's Yada, Tada, Shabak, Halal, it's all mingled in there together somewhere that in our praying we're praising and, and, and it can't help but all flowing together. Yeah? And it happens, doesn't it, quite often. It means to give a loud shout. You know, we've been in prayer meetings where we've gone from being quiet to actually shouting something in victory. Yeah? Declaring something in praise. It's a triumphant shout of praise. That's what Shabak is, a triumphant shout of praise. And in this one, there's a good illustration in Joshua chapter 6. They walked around the walls in silence. There's the calmness. 
But they were doing that in obedience to God. They probably thought to themselves, what the heck are we doing? You know, after the sixth time, I don't know, it was quite a long, I, I remember looking it up once, can you remember? It, was a, it wasn't just a little walk around a wall, was it? It was a big, it was, it was a big walk. So they did it six times in silence. And we know the story that on the seventh, on the seventh time they gave that shout, didn't they? That shout of praise. And God gave them those specific instructions for victory. You see, sometimes you've got to go around in silence. Sometimes you've just got to hold the word that God has given into your heart. And it might be for six days, it might be for six hours, it might be for six years. But you hold the word of God in your heart that he first gave you. And you wait on him until he tells you you can make a declaration. To, until you can make a shout of triumph. Because you know in your silence that victory's on the way. Victory is coming. But people will look and think, no change. Nothing's happening there. Because you're silent. You're holding in your heart that which God has said. But there comes a time when that victory will be displayed. Yeah? And all the troops gave a mighty shout. Amen? All the troops gave a mighty shout. And those walls came down. Yeah, we've got some walls that need to come down, haven't we? In our lives, in family, in, in, in people around us, in the community, in the world. We've got some walls that we want to see come down. But we don't see them come down that often. But the best thing to do is remain silent. But you remain silent, waiting in the promises of God. Not silent, giving up. Giving up, Not in silence, saying, oh, the walls are still not coming down. But you wait in silence before you God until he says, it's time. So they put their trust in God that the victory was already theirs. You see, there's, there, there's something very precious in the place of prayer that only comes to us, or I've recognized in my life, only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. That when you've prayed something but you don't see an answer with your eyes, or nothing changes round about, that you hold on in your spirit to that which God has spoken. And it is precious. And we hold that and we trust God. We trust him that the victory actually is already ours. But we haven't seen that answer straight away. But he's clearly said to us, the victory's ours. You can think of lots of examples, I'm sure. We had an example. I'm going to share the one we had about Sarah and this blessed stone. The stone did roll away eventually, but Darren and I separately were in a meeting, and we're in the meeting, and we were off doing our thing, worshipping God or whatever it was. I don't know if we were going to die or whatever. <laughs> but we were doing something, and we were in and separate. Anyway, after the meeting, we both of us separately had exactly the same words, that God was going to open up the way, and that stone was going to go. And the next part was, it is done. And we had the exact, exact word from God on Saturday night. The battle raged after that. Didn't let up after that. In agony after that. But we never stopped declaring it's done. We're seeing you, God. We're seeing you move. Until Sarah herself said, through that prayer chain, her own declaration that was. That wasn't ours then. That was hers. No, it's done. I, I'm, I, I'm, I, 
she was saying what we saw, what we were believing. You see, there is a place in prayer when it's like that. Who's got things tonight even that they're holding before God and it's, it's not seen yet? There you go, look. You know what I'm talking about. Isn't it exciting? Isn't, isn't God amazing? That even through all these words of praise that we're hearing about tonight, that he's got specific times, that we act in a specific way with a specific expression because actually that's what he wants. But I've never fully even understood all of this. Some of it I have. But actually, oh yeah, that must have been what I was doing when such and such. You see, God's expressions, God, God is just so amazing. And he will lead us in certain ways. Sometimes it takes a loud shout of praise. That never ever is reminding God. That's for us. That's for me. Yeah? Never ever does my shout of praise need to remind God. But that shout of praise is my declaration. It's my knowledge that actually, yeah, God, you are bigger than this situation. God, you are greater than this situation. God, you are going to break through in this situation. And I'm shouting my praise because I know you're going to do this. Yeah? Amen. And one generation shall praise the Lord their God to another and shall declare his mighty acts. The word in there for praise is Shabbat. You see, every time you see praise written about or praise um, talked about in a description of a story or praise in the songs because the songs is full of praise, it will be directly one of these words that I'm reading out to you tonight. Isn't that amazing? Amazed me. I loved it. I thought, wow. And I just used the word praise. But it's so much deeper than that. We're doing something so much greater than that. It's something quite amazing that's taking place in the heavenlies, in the expression of these words that God uses in the place of praise. So I would encourage you, I tend to do it more and more now than I've ever done. If God speaks the word to your heart, look it up in the Hebrew. Look it up in the Greek. Look it up in another version. Look it up in the Amplified. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Because it will add and God will show you the word that God's given you. And you will find and you and, and it'll blow you apart because you'll think, oh my goodness, and it just said that one line in, in, in the Bible that I read. But actually, when I look up the real meaning, because you know that our English sometimes doesn't give us the meaning in full of what God has said to our hearts. Please understand that. For your greater good, I'm saying it. I'm saying it for your faith. I'm saying it so that you will dig deeper than just reading a word that says, my God shall supply all my needs. Look it up. Take it deeper. Look up when he tells you to praise. Well, what does he mean for me to do in that? And there will be a direct, usually, instruction around it and a meaning. I'm saying it for your good because it will stretch your faith. It will encourage your faith. It will help you stay in there when the, you know, it's pretty tough. Amen? Yeah. God is good. Yeah. So, how many words have I got left now? I've nearly done it. Just a few more and I've nearly done this. There were just seven words. And I've looked all over the place and it is seven direct words that God uses about praising and blessing him. Barak is the next one. B A R. Okay, this one is about kneeling. It's about bowing. 
another form of our praise. You might by now be thinking, she hasn't used the word worship. What we do is praise God. How we live is worship. We think when we sing a slow song, that's worship. When we sing a fast song, that's praise. It's not true. Because every form of song that we sing is an act of praise and adoration to our God. But the lives that we lead should be lives of worship because that talks about our conduct. That talks about who we are, not just before God, but before other people. But every Hebrew reference to this leads back to praise. It's interesting, isn't it? So we would say that kneeling or bowing before the Lord is a form of worship, and it is because we're saying he's worthy. But it is another act of our praise to kneel, to bless God for his adoration, to to yield to the king. It's a continual giving of our praise to God. It says, doesn't it, in Psalm, come let us worship and bow down. That is the word barak. Giving him the honour, giving him the praise that's due his name. Barakt is an act of reverence and acknowledgement that God is the God of our lives and he's the highest one above all else, above all other. And, And David in Chronicles it showed that he yielded to God um, and he honoured his God in that actual scripture. It's First Chronicles 29, verse 10, and it's showing how he honoured, how he gave his life, how he exalted his God before the people, and he blessed him through his praise. It was presenting himself in a humble and submissive way before the throne of God. We can praise and acknowledge God for who he is by kneeling. And we've done that, haven't we? We do that before the throne. And so I'm just coming up now to the last two, and they're shorter. Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R. And that's the musical term for praise. See, it's all in there, isn't it? This is about all the instruments and the stringed instruments and about the harmonies and about the expression of our worship. And it's about creating an atmosphere And that's what all of our instruments help us to do, wouldn't it? Yeah? There's something about music. There's a a blessing in music that brings us into the presence of God. Yeah? And so that creates that atmosphere. Revelation talks about it. It mentions in Revelations 5 and 14, a sound like harpists. Um, There was another time when they said that there was a praise of uh, 10,000. It sounded like 10,000 angels. So there's a sound in praise. There's a sound in playing instruments. We know that instruments were used in the Bible. King um, King Dave, no, it was who played the instrument and it was um, somebody had that spirit and it was in the playing of the... Saul, thank you, Saul, I can't remember his name. And in the playing of that instrument, the actual demonic influence, the darkness left. And that was a specific playing of stringed instruments. And that's the more. It hasn't got to be stringed. It can be any sort of instrument. And then the last one, Tehillah, T-E-H-I-L-L-A. And that's a song of praise. It's a spontaneous new song. 
Don't you love it when God gives you a new song? Yeah, your song in that moment. Yeah. And sometimes it comes from the place of prayer when all of a sudden you start singing words and saying things. And then afterwards you think to yourself, well, actually, I don't even think that's a song. Yeah. Have you done that? And then you think, actually, I think this is a song that God's given my heart right now. And, you know, sometimes I've done this, especially if I'm at home on my own and I'm just coming before the Lord about something. I will start to sing. And then before I know it, I'm singing the prayer. Yeah. I'm singing a prayer to God. And then it's going into praise to God. Then it's coming back into prayer again. And there's something quite precious about the new song. And we're living in a new time and in a new season. And I believe that we're going to be having new songs from the throne of God into our lives. It's a spontaneous new song. Yeah? yeah. And it's always a song of praise and adoration. And it could mean a song, but it could mean speaking. Sometimes you can flow from songs into speaking. And you can hear the word of God through, you know, through Whatever vehicle you, you are using. I mean, when God's words dwell in us, we sing songs of praise. I just want to read before we go into the next bit, actually, how I've spoken a lot about the Old Testament, but it's also in the New as well. When it tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, it says um, that we speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We do that to one another. Yeah, when we come together, we're doing that with one another. And there's another one in um, Colossians, Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of God, the word of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart, to the Lord. We can sing over one another. Yeah? We can sing over one another the words of praise and adoration from our God. Well, I hope you've been blessed by that tonight. We're going to do a bit more praising in a minute. We're going to do a bit more singing because I actually believe that there are victories and breakthroughs. And I've given you some illustrations tonight of how in the spirit we can, you know, I recommend, and you probably all do it, um, but I recommend that you put on a praise song. Yeah? That when you're sensing that there's things coming against you, put on a praise song. Yeah? When you're sensing in your heart that, you know, you're in a battle or you don't know what you're doing or where you're going or da-da-da, put on a praise song and start to declare his name and he starts to speak back to you. Yeah? You'll start out with a song that you know, but very often he'll give you a song that you don't know. And it's a song of praise to him. Amen. But I want to tell you, it's powerful. It's powerful in the place of prayer. It's powerful over one another. It's powerful when we come together. It's powerful when we're on our own. It matters not which way, but God will bring to our... How many times recently people have said to me, that song must speak the name of Jesus. Yeah? Because when you're in a battle and it's really hard and you don't know what else to say... Speaking the name of Jesus is the best thing you can do anyway. It's the best thing you can do. But it's been an anointed, timely song in lots of people's lives, hasn't it? I speak Jesus. Yeah? And in speaking his name, we see situations change. Yeah? We see people blessed. And we're going to be speaking Jesus over Emma 
as we pray for her on Friday, she goes for that surgery. I'm speaking it over you as well. Because as you go, you know, you may not be able to think of anything else, Claire, but you speak the name of Jesus. Let's just stop for a minute before we sing and just do that. Into this room now. Let's just say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.